everyone. Welcome to Milk Tea Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies and pair them with a delightful milk tea. My name is Alyssa. And I'm Gino. This week, we watched 2016's Moana, directed by John Musker and Ron Clements. What kind of milk tea did you have this week? So this week, our milk tea was brought to us by Bon Appetit in Alhambra. Um, it actually was not brought to us. We went to it. Yes. Um, and we we love Bon Appetit. I miss pre-COVID just hanging out. They have like those couches that are real nice or tables to get work done. Their menu is extensive and it's just so delicious. And they have like three different types of non-dairy options, which is always important to me. Anyway, I had a coconut milk tea with oat milk and tiny boba pearls. Mm. They're somehow they taste better than regular sized. Um, they're so good. And I chose the coconut milk tea because in the song at the beginning of Moana, they talk about considering the coconut yes and so it tracks also the cu- the what are they called the ka- kakamori or something oh, yeah. those little guys those little on those ships mm-hmm. that are coconuts yeah i forgot about them uh-huh so uh so yeah what'd you have yeah i had one of their specials which was a peach mango mojito which i guess is kind of tropical but now i think about it really is more of like a Puerto Vallarta style of a drink <laughs> than like a yeah. well, Polynesian drink. Mango. So yeah. She packs a mango when she when she leaves. You on know her what? Voyage. That's right. I remember mm-hmm. seeing that, and I said to myself, <laughs> "Okay, cool. It, this one tracks too." Yeah. I also got the mini boba, and I think there's something like anytime that you switch from the default size of a thing, it becomes a little more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like jumbo marshmallows are more fun than regular sized mm-hmm. ones, and mini bobas are more fun than like they're so good why are they so good yeah i don't know well anyways we love bon appetit i have nothing else to say my drink was great i love that place yeah i miss them um i think you know for a long time like when i would come here to meet up with you Mm -hmm. after work and Mm -hmm. i'd like get off early or something Mm -hmm. um that was the spot where i would go and like kill a couple of hours until you got there yeah i spent a lot of time at at the spot yeah um we like them we do miss them. They also have really great specials all the time. Yes. Oh my gosh. They have, so they have weekday specials for two ninety nine. Yeah. Um, and it's like a different drink every day. All I know is Friday is the taro one. Yeah. Cause that's when we tend to go because we love their taro milk tea. This is a Hokkaido milk tea too. Oh yeah. That's on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays. Okay. <laughs> Which that was the first time I ever had that. And I still don't really know what it is, but it's good. So yeah. I would definitely recommend it's trying so them out. And you know what? We could have also done taro for this one. Because yeah. in that same song, he says, like, don't trip on the taro root. Uh, yeah, that's right. So, Which is cool. I've never seen, like, a taro root in the I wild. know. I guess I still haven't, but... <laughs> I love one. I'm so excited to talk about it. Okay. Check out Bon Appetit, Alhambra. They're great. There's a farmer's market on Sunday. Yeah. Right in front. So, yeah. you know, make a day of it. Right. Cool. So, Moana. Moana. (laughs) 
love Moana so much. You're going to have to lead this conversation because it's just going to be me. Like the podcast is just going to be me gushing about how much I love Moana. So what did you think? Right, buckle up, folks. <laughs> okay. I think, number one, I forgot how much, I don't think I realized how much you love this movie. We've never, this is the first time we've watched it together. Yeah. I've seen it many times. I've only seen this twice. This is my second time. Yeah. And I, yeah. So, okay. How was this viewing? Like, what did, what did you think of the movie and how was the viewing experience for you watching it with me? Yeah. You know, the movie tracks, like, I remember liking it when I saw it in theaters and thinking like, wow, this is a pretty profound story. And I still felt that way on my second view. So that's good to know that it holds up. Um, I think watching with you was, uh, it was a good experience, like always. I mean, I think your excitement for the film definitely enhanced the experience, but it didn't really take away from it. Like, have you ever watched a movie with a person Mm -hmm. who's like so into the movie Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like, they're quoting the lines along with the characters. Yes. Oh my God. That's so annoying. Or they're singing along to the songs. <laughs> well, I was singing along to the songs. Yeah. I didn't really notice that though. Okay. That's yeah. good. That's so, that's what I mean. I've, <laughs> I think especially with like cult classic movies, like mm-hmm. it gets really annoying because it's just like, if you want me to enjoy this too, like I've got to be able to watch it the way you did the first time. Exactly. I think that's when it's the worst. It's like when someone else has seen it a bunch, but yeah. you've never seen it and yeah. they're like talking throughout right. i think it's different if it's like something you both enjoy and like exactly you know yeah so. totally if you can remember like what was your impression the first time you saw moana mm-hmm. and how do you feel seeing it now mm-hmm. so i believe it or not am not a crier in movies um so the movies that are really emotional that I like, I'm either moved to tears or like come very close to it. Like those really stand out to me. Mm. And Moana is one of those movies where I saw it in theater theaters um, with my family. I think it came out like Thanksgiving right. week or something. Yeah, right around so um, I saw it with my family and I remember just feeling so emotional at a couple parts. Um, but especially with like, Moana and her grandmother like anytime they interacted Mm. and I think every time I was like okay I can watch this movie and it'll just be fun and like I love it it's amazing I love looking I love watching Moana Mm. but then there's those moments where it's just like man that's so heartfelt and so beautiful and I needed this um so needless to say I enjoyed it when I first saw it I enjoyed it when I most recently saw it. So I think one of the elements that... Okay, this whole movie has me in my feels for the most part. Um, And I think a big piece of that is the music. Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame um, wrote the music for Moana. And I think, you know, a lot of Disney movies have a Broadway style soundtrack a lot of the time they're just so catchy Mm -hmm. and um heartfelt yeah and yeah the music was not moana was not an exception to that the Mm -hmm. music was just really great Mm -hmm. so yeah i love the music i loved the visuals i think like 
a lot of animation kind of looks like this now where it's a little more it's it's not hand drawn and it's yeah. more um three-dimensional and stuff but what was really cool about the visuals in this film were the details mm. like there was parts where you can see like the like the woven linen in her clothing wow. and like um or not linen but like you know you can see like the fabric yeah uh lines in her clothing you can see like strands of hair yeah it is so crazy yeah what animators are able to do these days yeah um so there's that there's like it's just you know the visual eye candy of like just these really detailed things and also these really magnificent things like you know an island going to sleep and yeah. like rest and transform you know it's just there's so many beautiful imagery the other thing that's cool about the visuals is how they um, incorporate different pieces of polynesian culture mm. actually not just in the visuals but like you know in the language mm. um and the stories that they tell there's a lot of examples um that i was reading on imdb uh, but you know like moana you know in hawaiian means like ocean oh, did not know that yeah and so they i don't know there's just different like pua the pig mean or i don't know if pua means pig but i know hey hey means chicken <laughs> so you know there, there's like little pieces of that um the stories and the legends are pretty true to the culture i thought that was really cool i was able to enjoy this movie knowing that you know that the cast that there's a polynesian cast mm -hmm. that there were there's like extensive research <laughs> um yeah oh actually i just remembered something that i read was like moana's dad has tattoos on his abdomen and they're like the same tattoos that dwayne the rock johnson's dad had wow really yeah so That's crazy um little things like that i yeah. i really appreciate sounds like there's not like and this isn't like based on any one story but it mm -hmm. does kind of like take inspiration from a lot of different stories mm -hmm. um and it looks like pua could mean offspring or flower um <laughs> and pua like p-u-a apostrophe a could mean pig oh so yeah there you go there you go yeah cool um yeah so for me like visuals and music were two of the things that made this movie magical i mean i really tried to say like okay but like quantify it what makes this movie magic mm -hmm. and i think what i keep coming back to is like when you look at it you see all those colors of the fish and the characters mm -hmm. and the environments. It feels otherworldly. It did remind me of Coco a little bit. Mm -hmm. but the thing is, it's not mystical the way that Coco is. It's like that stuff theoretically all exists here, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I think that was really special. I think the water, mm -hmm. you were talking about the way things are animated. Mm -hmm. And for me, like the water, whether it's like the character water or like just water itself, um, is animated really beautifully, like the mm -hmm. way it moves with fluidity. Yes. Water is really hard to animate. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but I think you're right. Um, I think the cool thing, speaking of water, you know, I think throughout the movies that we've watched this season, and this wasn't intentional, but a lot of them had water as a theme, mm. as like a element of magic. Yeah. Um, and so I agree with you. I think the way it was animated really... Uh, honored water <laughs> um, it really like made it feel magical and not just like the way that it plays with her as like a baby or like 
you know, the way it sparkles when she looks out from the top of the island. Yeah. Um, but how we also see water being different things. It can be playful. It can be gentle. It can be harsh. Um, so that was really cool. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's true. They really get <laughs> water. Cause I think all those same things about water mm-hmm. every time I look out into the ocean mm-hmm. and think about, you know, myself and how deep I am. I just, mm-hmm. you know, you like to stare out in the water and think mm-hmm. oh, I'm so deep, you know, visually when you look at the movie, it feels magical. And when you hear it, it also feels magical. I think this cast did a really good job and I don't think voice acting is as easy as it sounds. And I don't think, you know, most of them are primarily not voice actors. Mm-hmm. So that's impressive. But I agree with what you're saying before. You know, the music is really amazing. It sounds very Hamiltonian, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what that means. I mean, it's not like they're rapping every song, but his songs, like the King George song, kind of feels similar to the uh, Tamatoa, is uh-huh. that his name? The Crab. Mm-hmm. I think they have kind of a similar vibe. The songs are also, they feel very powerful and inspiring. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of drums and the drum kind of uh, awakens something mm-hmm. primal, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it's got those like low frequency noises. I think the other thing you were saying is that Disney movies are very like, Disney soundtracks are very theatrical, which mm-hmm. is true. And I think, I think nowadays, if you look at animated films, they're largely advertised based on like, who are the people voicing the characters? Mm-hmm. It's not as much, um, look what we've done with the animation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that this movie, you could kind of say like, well... Yes, we do kind of have a celebrity cast with The Rock and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But also, like, look at this music that we've got behind it. Mm Because I think part of the magic of a Disney movie is the music. If you think about, like, Alan Menken and and Mm -hmm. Tim Rice from uh, The Lion King Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know, all those iconic songs that have just stayed with you Mm -hmm. over the years. Like, I think this is definitely a worthy addition to that pantheon. So, You know, he was actually brought on to Moana before Hamilton got big. Really? Yeah, so they didn't know, like, what a big deal Hmm. he was going to be, I guess. That's cool. So it's not like, oh, this is a celebrity hire. Yeah, exactly. This is, like, genuinely, you know, based on musical merit. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Another fun fact, not to jump around too much, but we're talking (laughs) about water and how magical it is. Because I've been thinking about, like, why why is the image of water, the metaphors of water, like in all of these things, in all the movies that we've seen, and especially in this one where like she is, Moana is so connected to the water and it's so much a part of her. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about, I had to look up these numbers just to make sure, but like the human body is 60% water and the earth that we live on is like 70, 70% water. Um, and so water I think is so magical because it's like, it's literally life. <laughs> like yeah. it's literally everything. Yeah. Um, and it's probably a big reason why so many, so many stories, you know, especially in like ancient traditions and, um, and things like that are centered around water. And like, there's so much reverence for water yeah. and like indigenous cultures and ancient traditions and stuff. So yeah, yeah I, I know I really love water. I love connecting with like, like you said, I like standing, you know, on the, <laughs> at, the, at the ocean, at the beach and like, just being yeah. like, wow. Well, something primal, right? Yeah. Like, that people just seem to universally appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This, it just feels so nerdy to say this, but I feel like they really understood water in this movie. Yeah. Which, and I mean, if you want to talk like literally about the magic, you know, there is magical water. Yeah. The so there's that too. Yeah. 
I think water, yes, water is magic. Something I am learning from this podcast. Good. <laughs> from Good. doing this podcast. Um, but what else did you find magical? You know, one of the other things that I really appreciate about the movie is how it challenges you to go beyond your generally accepted beliefs, mm-hmm. um, to look beyond ourselves mm-hmm. and to re-examine what we believe in. Mm-hmm. That also seems to be a theme in several mm-hmm. of the movies this mm-hmm. year. Yes. I think, so for me, when I watch these, these films that we've been watching and I look for magic, a lot of the times, and this is not even intentional, but a lot of the times I find the magic in like the story, like the themes of the story and the character, you know, whatever they're going through. Um, I don't know. I guess that's just how I process my feelings and, (laughs) you know, try to make sense of the world. We've talked about this before, like stories help us make sense of the world. Right. Um, but I think I also connected with and found magic in, um, this idea of knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, it's really special because knowing who you are is like intimately connected with where you come from. Right. Um, And so it was like, and like, there was this tension of like, you know, she comes from this island and there's sort of this, um, emphasis on like the collective, right. And like doing what you can for, to, for the whole, which is also a really great message. Um, and I think there's magic in like collect, there's like collective magic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it's not just, you know, her wanting to go out to the sea is not just like a selfish, like I'm being called. You know, and I think, you know, not to throw shade at Ariel, but like that was a more, you know, if you think about like the Little Mermaid, right. like it's more of like, a, I have this desire to go to land. Yeah. Yeah. But totally. she has this desire to go out to sea because it's what she's called to do for her village. Um, but also she learns, you know, that ancestrally, like her ancestors were voyagers. And so like, that's where this desire comes from. Um, yeah. So it's sort of like leading by example. Right. Like if you do the thing that you're here to do, Mm -hmm. that might seem selfish, Mm -hmm. but it's really like, that's the only way you can help other people. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you can contribute to your community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like everyone, you know, everyone on the island has a role, right? Like even her grandmother, who's kind of eccentric and different from everyone else, like she has a role on the island too, because she, you know, she provides joy and like comic relief, but she also, you know, carries this knowledge of like... Mm -hmm of their culture and where things come from and the storytelling and all of that. Yeah. And she Um, kind of gives people permission to be a little eccentric too. Yeah, exactly. And so everyone kind of has this role, you know? So would you say that like Moana has to be the one to like go out and go beyond the reef and maybe rediscover this old way of life? Mm -hmm. Like that was her role on the Island, whether everybody else knew it or not. Like her doing that is kind of what, continued to allow the island to work because it wasn't really we we saw that at some point it wasn't sustainable yeah exactly and i think you know in this in this story like she is the chosen one you know but Uh um i think her role was to lead by creating a new way you you mentioned something about like challenging traditions and the way things are yeah and i think a line that stood out to me this viewing that i didn't really pick up on before she suggests, cause there's no fish in the, um, in the reefs uh-huh. around the Island. Yeah. And she suggests going beyond the reef. Yeah. And her dad says, 
he says something like, oh, these are, these are the rules. We don't go beyond the reef. Right. And she says, well, those are the old rules back when there were fish. <laughs> yeah. And so now we need to make new rules yeah. to meet like our, our current circumstances. And uh-huh. I think that's really powerful. And like, you know, ultimately we learned that her new way is actually the old way. Like, oh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. and that's not always the case, but you know, sometimes we have to adapt and it's kind of like, you know, in like water for chocolate that we talked about last time, we can have reverence for our traditions and we can learn a lot from our traditions. Um, and our traditions are a big part of who we are and we can also adapt for when situations change. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's also tradition, you know, like, People adapted when situations changed. So Okay, so I'm glad you brought all this up <laughs> about Moana and her calling and her chosenness and all of this stuff. Because I think I had a little different read on Moana, the character. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first saw this movie, I think maybe I read into it what I needed to. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really strikes me about Moana and I think this is different than any other Disney princess, is that Moana seems to really have two choices put before her. Mm -hmm. And they're both pretty good choices. And they're both things that she would be well-suited for. Mm -hmm. And she really has the freedom to take one path or the other. Mm -hmm. So I want to get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that Moana is a really good exploration of what it means to discern something. That is to like really carefully and mindfully weigh two options in your life. And it's different than just making a choice. A choice mm-hmm. is like, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Mm-hmm. You know, but for this is like, how am I going to live my life? Yeah. Am I going to be like the chief and kind of maintain stability on the island? Am I going to just kind of caretake, right? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to be an explorer and you know, maybe do something that's unconventional, but like mm-hmm. push beyond what I've been told is okay for me mm-hmm. to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And my read on this is like, if you look at her at the beginning of the movie, she spends a lot of time in the montages, kind of like learning how to be a, a chief. Mm-hmm. Right. And we see that she has some success at this, right? Like people mm-hmm. tend to like her advice. She can like resolve, you know, conflict. Mm-hmm. And she kind of looks around and says like, yeah, maybe I can find happiness here. Maybe mm-hmm. this is really beautiful. When her mm-hmm. father takes her up to the top of the island mm-hmm. and you look out over it, you're like, yeah, like this is sweet. Like this is a good gig, right? And she's good at it. But we also know like even in the midst of her becoming a chief, we can see her kind of like looking back at her grandmother who represents, you know, that wild side of mm-hmm. her, that this is something that she really wants to do. And even if she kind of ignores that voice for a time, it is a voice that's always going to be calling to her that she has to like pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And I think even if she hadn't gone out and had this adventure, it's important for her to have explored that option to have listened to it. I think she does a good job of really like exploring both of those paths before her totally. before really embarking on one. I think we do see it in other Disney princesses, but we don't see it with the same like intention, I guess, or the same like, yeah. I'm thinking of like Pocahontas where yeah. she's like, should I choose the smoothest course? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Or should I marry Coco? Right, right. Um, I think this feels a little more like I could do either one and be okay. You know, exactly. like it's not like, oh, I'm being forced into this thing that is expected of me. Exactly. It's sort of like, I do want to serve my people. Exactly. Like I do want to, you know, help out and I do want to, you know, carry on this legacy. Right. Right. Um, 
but I need to explore what, what this is, this calling. Um, yeah. and I think the really cool thing that we see is that she's not alone in this like discernment. Like, mm. I think the reason why the scenes with her grandmother are so emotional is because her grandmother like really sees her in a way that like not everyone else does. Like her parents love her and like her community is there for her. Yeah. Um, but her grandma really sees that like, she really sees her as like, this is that you are different. Yeah. And I support that. Right. <laughs> um, she's not trying to push her in any direction, but she's saying like, you know, I see this, this gift in you. Yeah. Um, and that in itself is like encouraging. And even later when she comes back, when she like appears to her in the ocean, you know, when she's out in the right, ocean like and she says, goes. and she says like, you know, I shouldn't have put so much pressure on you. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that's really comforting too. Cause it's like, you could just go home and like, we'll figure something else out and like, it'll be fine. You exactly. know, <laughs> exactly. Um, and ultimately she, she decides to persist and she kind of remembers who she is. Um, but I think, I think it's really, I guess what I'm trying to say is like two things really. Um, there's so much value in being seen yeah. <laughs> and being affirmed. Um, and also I think navigating what you do is also really connected to like navigating who you are. Totally. And so she's able to move forward with like her journey because she remembers, you know, I am the chief's daughter. I am descended from voyagers. Mm -hmm. And she says, the call isn't out there at all. Yeah. It's inside me. Yeah. It's like the tide yeah. falling and rising. Yeah. <sighs> I love that. And I think it's, 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 it's true to like, you know, it's not always, I think your calling is not always like super strong. Sometimes it's just kind of like, eh, I'd rather not be doing this right now. Um, but I think you always kind of have to come back to like, who am I? Right. Like, what is your why? You're, you're right because sometimes your call isn't out there for you to go find it's within you mm -hmm. for you to mm -hmm. explore. I think one of the lines her grandma says is, um, you know, Moana asks, uh, what is the ocean saying to me or something mm -hmm. like that? And her grandma replies, you know, well, something like, what do you want it to be saying? You know? Oh yeah. She's such says, a good question. She says like, I, cause she had just failed at something. She yeah. was like trying to take the boat out yeah. and then she ended up getting like, crushed by a wave and uh -huh. she comes back and she was just like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be the chief and whatever. Right. And then she starts walking away and she's like, she tells the grandma, aren't you, aren't you going to stop me? Aren't you going to say something? She's like, is there something you want me to say? Yeah, yeah. And it's because it's true. It's like, we want to hear like, no, you should go out and do the thing, you know? One, well, yeah. And I think one of the hardest things in life is learning to recognize your desires and then listen to them and, and, act on them. You know yeah. what I mean? To say like, oh, this thing that I want to hear or that I want, you know, to happen or to do, um, I should just recognize that there's a reason why I mm -hmm. want that thing and maybe mm -hmm. explore what that is. So, yeah. And I think, so the magic in all of this is like, it really, I think why it feels so empowering and so magical is because it reminds us that like, we all have that, you know? Um, yeah. And, like, we might not all be Moana, right. you know, of Motunui, like, the chief's daughter, you know, like, this epic person going on an epic journey. Right. But in our own ways, we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and so it's really, it's really beautiful and affirming. And I think seeing her kind of struggle with that is also great. Cause she's not yeah. like a, you know, I think she's not like a God. She's not like a hero. Right. She's not like, you know, she's human yeah. and she, and she's young. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think there's something really nice to see that reflected of like, life's not easy. Even if you are like this person right. who's kind of set up for success. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that this is part of what makes it so magical to me is like, it's pretty universal in that, um, this is how real life is. Life isn't just, you choose between either this really bad thing or this really good mm-hmm, thing. That's mm-hmm, an easy choice. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I looked at other Disney princesses, like you mentioned a couple of them, like Ariel and Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. But if you think about like Belle or Jasmine or like some of the newer ones, like Rapunzel or Elsa, these are all characters who feel trapped, right? Mm-hmm. Or who like don't fit in at mm-hmm. home or who like have really abusive people in their lives. And it's like, well, so what's the choice here? Is it stick, yeah. <laughs> stick around and like right. be abused or like limit myself? Or is it like go do anything else? Well, that's an yeah. easy choice. Yeah. But with Moana, it's like, it's more like the rest of us. Like mm-hmm. we're all going to have to face choices that are like, these two things both feel right and seem mm-hmm. right and ultimately are not bad. So mm-hmm. what do I do with that? And, you know, I love that kind of the imagery that's introduced through Maui is um, wayfinding, right? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like following a map. Mm-hmm. It's not following rules. It's like, I know where I am based on like where I've been, mm-hmm. which is kind of like you're talking mm-hmm. about, like we know our vocation, we know who we are. Um, and that's what helps us figure out what am I doing? It's not right. the other way around. Right. Totally. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You know what else I didn't think about? What? But it came to me as you were talking is like, <laughs> How do I put this? In a lot of Disney movies, uh-huh. the princess or the main character doesn't really have a community or a family because usually that's taken from them at the beginning. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like uh-huh. the parents die or, you know. Right. They don't have that same. Uh, I think that's, I guess that's something that I think is unique to Moana. Like she yeah. has this family and this community that she not only has, but like really cares about and like they care about her. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> and I think that makes the decision even more, um, challenging. I think for example, like, I don't know, I would say Elsa's decision is difficult, but yeah. like, it's really just her and her sister. And like, that's, you know, it's framed that way because that's how the story is. I mean, yeah. she has this kingdom. Sure. But like, right. You know. But it's different than Moana. She's not yeah. like deeply integrated into the life, the everyday life of her kingdom. Yeah the way that Moana seems to be. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's true, especially because she's like a princess of color. I think in, you know, a lot of families of color, like family is a big thing. Yeah. And like you do things yeah. for the collective. I think it's very like the Western individualism is, is seen more in some of the other stories, but yeah, this, I think this movie does collective yeah. Really well. It reminded me a little bit of A Bug's Life in that way. Yes. Oh, I love A Bug's Life. I know you do. That's why I said it. <laughs> yeah. So I love that they were able to, I think, pay tribute and respect like all these different things mm-hmm. that a person's heart can go through. Um, mm-hmm. I know you really like this movie and like it's just so warm and wonderful for you. Mm-hmm. I realized like, I really like this movie too. Yay. It's a really good story. Yeah. <laughs> it Not is. Not that I ever thought I didn't, but I just forgot, like, like I said, this is a really profound statement yeah. on discernment. 
Yeah. So, so speaking of the story, yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about the writing. Okay. So we, you know, we like to talk about the writers, the unsung heroes yeah, of for sure. the industry. Um, and I actually, so the writer I want to talk about actually didn't work on this movie, but it's oh. relevant. <laughs> so I was thinking about, and I think about this a lot when I watch Disney movies, especially, uh-huh. um, when we were in college, we went to like a, a talk, um, with Linda Wolverton. Do you remember this? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so Linda <laughs> Wolverton is a screenwriter and she's written, you know, you might've known, you might know some of her works such as Beauty and the Beast and uh-huh. The Lion King, like two really great screenplays. <laughs> Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> two really great screenplays. Like she wrote yeah. The Lion King, uh-huh. bro. Okay. Uh-huh. So The Lion King right, is Hamlet, <laughs> but with lions, right? Okay, sure. Okay, yes, just... All they did was just copy and paste the lions. Well, no, they... The okay, that's not what I'm saying, though. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, saying, like, they took... She took something like Hamlet uh-huh. and made it into a film for children. Yeah. Um, and so there's some really adult themes right. in The Lion King, right? Like, Mufasa yes. dies on screen. Yeah, we see it. Yeah, spoiler alert. betrayed by his brother who kills him. Like, you know, it's just really, really... I was there. You don't need to remind adult me. Adult stuff. I know. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. You know, Simba is, like, banished from his kingdom. Like, it's awful. Right. Anyways, I yeah. remember she talked about how when she writes, she doesn't write at, like, a children's level. She right. writes, like, above yeah. that. Yeah. Um she wants, she doesn't like to assume, okay, this is paraphrasing, but she basically doesn't like to assume that children are dumb, (laughs) which I think a lot of some children's programming can be very like, let's talk to children like they're dumb. Yes. Um, totally. She, you know, so she has kind of an opposite take on that. And I think the reason why that works, not only because it's like, oh, there's something for the kids and there's something for the adults, right? but when you grow up with these movies and these stories, like it it ages with you, you know? Yes, totally. And so I think that's really cool. And I think similarly, so I think with Moana, I noticed how there's a lot of that. Like there's some really, as we talked about, like there's some really adult, yeah, profound themes, mm-hmm. but there's also like, you know, a chicken that like can't <laughs> figure out how to be a chicken that's or like, true. you know, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, Maui has like those funny lines to, like, you know, like there's uh-huh. a lot of like silliness and fun. Coconut guys. Um, and like we said, there's a lot of really cool things to look at. Yeah. Um, but at the heart of it, it's like, you know, when the kids, when children grow up with this, they're going to understand how profound it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Like the best stories are the ones that age with you. I Mm -hmm. think that's like why for me, Star Wars has been so Mm -hmm. profound because it's like, I think there's something I can pull from it at any point in my life. Mm -hmm. But I think that's true of like the Lion King too, for sure, which I saw like, you know, when it came out in 94 or whatever. Yeah. I was four. So like, that's, yeah, that's, that's big. That's like, that definitely shapes my view of the world. And like, Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool that this story will do that for kids Mm -hmm. because it's also really hopeful. I think like it's really, um, there's a term called solar punk, which we haven't ever talked about. (laughs) No, I have no idea what that is. But you would be really into this. It's like, you think about cyberpunk as sort of like post-apocalyptic and techie, Mm -hmm. but solar punk is like, what if we lived in harmony with the earth? And like that became our future. Um, a very like positive ecological message, I guess. And Mm -hmm. Moana's cool because it's like, I think it's different than the Lion King in that the themes aren't like dark in Moana, but they are adult. Yeah. So I just think the kids who grow up with this, like are going to grow up into like very hopeful people. Mm -hmm. 
I hope um, so. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Seeing her the way that her island functions, like, other than, like, the, you know, the, the conflict was that, like, there were no more fish and, like, the coconuts that they were harvesting were, like, no good. And right. so there was, that was the conflict. It eventually gets resolved. But otherwise, yeah. it seemed like a very yeah. well-functioning society. Totally. And, totally. like, that made me feel like, wow. I want that. Who doesn't, man? <laughs> well, I mean, this year especially, but that's like a good example of what is possible. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned earlier that there's this idea that like who you are, knowing who you are is connected with knowing where you come from. Yes. And I always like to think about like, I wonder who in my lineage was like me, you know, oh, sometimes cool. when you feel like everyone is crazy and I'm the only sane one in my family. And it's just (laughs) like, how am I the only one who is like this? Right. And then I like to think about like, well, who's the person, like, where do I get this from? Who's the person who existed before me that like, that was like this, you know? So for Moana, it's like, yeah, like she loves the ocean and she's adventurous because that's who her ancestors were. And that's kind of who her grandma is, was, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just something I like to think about. My dad has always said that I remind him, I remind him of his mom. Mm. And I think I can definitely see some of the traits there. But I also think I'm a little bit like my dad. Yeah, I can see that. And I'm also a little bit like my mom. I don't know. Sure, I can see that too. So it's just it's just fun to think about, I guess. You definitely are an amalgamation of all the great qualities of at least your parents. I don't really mm-hmm. know the rest of your family as well. So <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. It's funny because when you say that, my first thought is like, well, I know who of my ancestors I'm like, because they've all told me Uh, like, Oh, Gino, you're just like your grandpa. mm -hmm. And like, I only knew him for a little bit of time up until I was about six or seven. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it tracks like he loved to talk and entertain people. Mm -hmm. He's really good with kids. People kind of like, he was the oldest. So like they looked to him for leadership and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the limited things that I know, I think, yeah, I was probably like him. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to think that all of our, ancestors kind of come back to us like spiritually in, in, in the next generation, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and it is cool to hear like the older folks in your family be like, Oh, you remind me of so-and-so. Yeah. Cause like, you know, it's really affirming. It's like, I see something in you that I love that reminds me of yeah. somebody else that I love. So the other thing is, you know, when we think about our families and the role models and the, the people who've gone before us, mm-hmm. um, her grandma plays this role that I've seen in a couple of the other movies mm-hmm. um, of like the weird or crazy relative. Um, and I say that lovingly because I think they're the person that society or maybe like the rest of the family looks at as like kind of an outsider, or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of off kilter. We don't really get why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. And once you get to know that person, it's like uh, it's a person whose example you find really empowering Mm -hmm. because I guess it's like I said before, like that person gives me permission to go out and be me. Yeah. In water for chocolate, it's her older sister, right? Mm -hmm. Not the oldest one, but the the middle one who runs off Mm -hmm. with the revolution. Like that's kind of the, the outsider. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, every family has one, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I don't know, maybe like someday, like you'll be that person. Maybe. Someone in your family or I'll be that person. I hope so. Yeah. It's going to be so great. Yeah. There's just, it's, it's so special in so many ways. And yeah, it's probably in my top five. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's big. Mm-hmm. Do we get to hear any of the other ones? Uh, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll just leave it at that. 
right, it's that time again. Milk tea trivia. It's not trivia about milk tea, <laughs> but it's trivia for the show. Yep. All right, so, I mean, there's a lot of trivia, but we'll just handpick a few. Um, one of my favorite pieces of trivia, so, okay, on IMDb it says... Lin-Manuel Miranda has said the character of Tematoa, the giant crab, um, was a tribute to David Bowie. But from what I heard is that he, it's not just a tribute to David Bowie, but there's a specific, um, a specific sketch from Flight of the Concords, which is Jermaine Clement's project, um, and he does the voice of Tematoa. So there's a specific um, sketch where he does... David Bowie and he kind of appears as like a dream David Bowie and that specifically is what inspired Tamatoa's character um, and just sort of the shiny you know glamour and whatnot. The fabulousness of David Bowie. Exactly. Which if you go back and, and look at the skit online uh, you can definitely see the yeah. resemblance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of Tamatoa uh I read also on IMDb that, oh, what are they called? Decorator crabs Mm -hmm. really do take like bits of shell and mollusks and and anemones and stuff like that. And they'll glue them to their, to their backs, to their shells. Mm. How do they glue them? Which. (laughs) 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 So now I also read this other piece of trivia that, okay, like maybe this is only interesting to me. But, I mean, you made it this far, so you might as well keep listening. <laughs> um, in Polynesia, so according to the archaeological evidence, the exploration of Western Polynesia proceeded rapidly until about 900 BC, stopped suddenly for over a thousand years, and then resumed just as suddenly. There's several plausible explanations, but the exact cause of the long pause remains a mystery. So essentially, the Polynesians were explorers throughout history, except for this thousand year chunk of time. This is true. This is like actual uh, archaeology, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's this big pause and nobody knows why. Mm -hmm. But what's cool about Moana is like, if you listen to their story, it's that Moana and her people were voyagers, right? Mm -hmm. They were explorers. Mm -hmm. And then once once Maui stole the heart of Te Fiti, Mm -hmm. uh, they stopped exploring. Mm Maui also states that he was imprisoned for a thousand years on that Mm -hmm. island, right? Mm -hmm. Which maybe it's hyperbole, maybe it's not. But that's also the chunk of time in which Moana's people did not voyage because they were Mm -hmm. um, tethered to their island, Mm -hmm. right? And then after Maui is freed and they return the heart, her people begin to voyage again. Mm -hmm. So in a way, like the story of Moana actually plays off of the archaeological evidence of Polynesian exploration. You know what? That is a cool fact. Thanks. Yeah. I, so related to that, like they really, I guess the directors had immersed themselves in Polynesian culture for like months, which I think, you know, there's generally like a research team for like a lot of Disney movies. I remember watching like movie surfers and like they were doing, they would always show that kind of stuff. I'm specifically thinking of like Tarzan, but they didn't go into like the jungle. They like watched skateboarders and like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like, I remember this. Watch how they move so that they can capture how Tarzan would move. Yeah. Under yeah, trees. yeah. Anyways. Super cool. So like, you know, they do research, but it felt like 
they really did their research for this film. Yeah. And I respect that. Totally. You know, there's... I, I studied sociology, so I can tell you anything that's problematic about Disney. But, man, when they get it right, they get it right. <laughs> yeah, 100% they do. Here's a fun game to play with any Disney movie, um, especially the animated ones. Did you catch that Easter egg? Now, mm-hmm. there's only, like, one real Easter egg that I caught mm-hmm. during the film. Was it Sven? Yes. Yeah. When, when Maui's, he's... like, transforming to different things. Yes. And one of them is Sven. Supposedly, Flounder appears, though, mm-hmm. in the during Maui's song in, like, the hand-drawn mm-hmm. sequence. I didn't see him there. I didn't see that either. I yeah. also read that the magic lamp from Aladdin is on Tomatoa's shell, but yeah, I also didn't I catch didn't that. I didn't see that either. That's probably so. tough to pick out with all the gold. Mm-hmm. I read that, speaking of Aladdin, mm-hmm. someone is uh, shaking out a rug on the island that looks kind of like the magic carpet. Mm. Haven't seen that. Another fun fact, uh, this directorial team directed the little mermaid did you know that oh i think i did read that but no i didn't know that well that's beforehand another disney princess who's all about the water Mm -hmm. the little mermaid also seems to be a bit of an inspiration for lin-manuel miranda i didn't know that right so it is. he had a production baby on this film and named him sebastian Yes. After the crab after from the crab. Little Mermaid. Not because Sebastian's a cool name or anything, but right. because of the crab. Yeah. Well, I think we've offered a lot of fun facts here. So. Right. <laughs> I meant that like the movie itself, the songs were the inspiration for him. Not, not oh. that Sebastian was, but like, well, I mean, I guess he was. Yeah. It was, works both ways. Moana continues to deliver on multiple levels. Gosh. It so does. <laughs> Well, that about does it for today. Had a lot of fun watching Moana, talking about Moana, drinking our milk teas from Bon Appetit. Yeah. Um, so I think we're, uh, we're ready to wrap this one up, Chino. Let's put this in the books, folks. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. There is one more episode in our series, Movies Are Magic. Mm-hmm. So make sure you hit subscribe so you can get that. And who knows, there might be a little bonus in your future if you do. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, we'll see. A little bonus Jonas. <laughs> Please do share with your friends if you heard something in this episode or in one of our other episodes that you really liked. Podcasts really do spread through word of mouth so we're counting on you and if you can leave us a review that also really helps just take a couple minutes to say what you liked about the podcast don't forget to try any of the milk teas that are available to you if you are in the san gabriel valley and if you are elsewhere send us what you're drinking we like to see what people are sipping on these days yeah support your local boba shops All right. Well, I'm Alyssa. And I'm Gino. See you next time.